What a day to celebrate. I, I would listen to this service again just to hear that song. We know that all of our blessings come from God and He loves us so much and so much to celebrate today on Easter weekend. We are celebrating that we serve a risen Savior. And I thought, where do I start with this? And so I'm gonna go all the way back to the beginning and I just see you there in your home or office or wherever you're watching right now. And I wanna start at the very beginning. I wanna say this, that today we are celebrating that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, but we celebrate this, that we believe there is a God. I'm gonna start all the way back there and we believe this, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit love us so much, they created, he created this earth. And I want you to understand, we don't believe that this was a random chance, that we're just a blob of goo. We believe that God created this earth. So there is a God, he created this earth, and then he created mankind, and he set out rules for us to obey. And the Bible tells us, which by the way, the Bible is a collection of books that is put together that God inspired and he gave us this so that we could know who he is, so we could understand how to live, so we could understand how to have peace with God. And he gave us this beautiful book called the Bible. So he gave us these rules to live by and, and mankind just couldn't live by the rules. And if you're like me, you realize that's pretty obvious. How many know you see a wet paint sign and you can't help but test to see, is it really wet paint? It's just something within us. And so God said, these are the ways I want you to live and man sinned and that we disobeyed, and that word right there, you may not understand it, but it's when we fall short of God's glory, we were created in a relationship with him, and it was perfect. And when we disobeyed, something happened with it. A sin, sin entered this world, and with that sin, it separated us from God, and the Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm a big sinner, and I've used this word, and I use it on Good Friday, and it's a word that we're hearing all the time. You may say, I don't feel that bad, I feel asymptomatic. Even if you're asymptomatic, all of us have sinned. That's what the Bible says, every single one of us. And so this sin has separated us from God, but he loves us. And the Bible tells us that he, he had a plan for us so that we could be forgiven, that he would actually send his son to this earth and his son would live a perfect life. And in that perfect life, he would become a perfect sacrifice to pay the price for our sins because sin is so bad. Again, if you missed the Good Friday message I talked about, it was it, sin is so bad and it requires that something living pays the price for the sins. Jesus said, I will pay the price for your sins. And so he lived this perfect sinless life on earth. Now, what he did while he was here on earth, he had disciples. You may have heard about them, the 12 disciples. He had other people he trained. But when Jesus was on this earth, he trained these disciples and said, I, I, here's how I want you to live. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to work and flow in the power of God. And he said this, he, he gave them insight. He gave them just here, pretty straightforward. In Matthew 16, 21, he said this, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. So he's telling them, he's like, guys, God, the Father loves you so much. He sent me. I'm here living on earth. I'm the one you've been waiting for that's going to pay the price, that's going to help man to be restored to God. And he does this, and he gives them just, all right, now, just so you understand, I'm going to die to pay the price, but three days, I'm coming back again. 
And, and they're just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. They're just dense. Matter of fact, Peter's like, I'm not gonna let this happen. She's like, no, you're gonna let this happen. It's part of God's plan. This might be new to you. This might be review. You're like, I get this, but it's such a beautiful thing that we're celebrating and I don't want us to miss it. He told others, he said, you know, like things like, if you destroy this temple, three days later, uh, it's gonna be back. And they're like, no, I don't get it. I don't understand. So to some people, he talked in like, just veiled language, but to his disciples, he was pretty straightforward. Jesus taught this. He said, I'm the way. I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like, I'm it. And you think about this. There's lots of religions today. There's lots of religions out there. And, and what makes Christianity so special? This weekend, really, what we're celebrating, what happened thousands of years ago, the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He told us he would do it. And he rose from the dead and other religions, their leaders are dead, gone, buried, they're in their tombs, but we serve a savior that is risen. Now remember, I said he paid the price for our sins because it was so bad. And the thing is, nobody forced him to do this. The Bible tells us that he willingly paid the price. And in John chapter 10, it says this, the father loves me, and Jesus is speaking, he says, because I am willing to give up my life in order that I may receive it back again. No one takes my life away from me. I give it up on my own free will. I have the right to give it up and I have the right to take it back. This is what my father has commanded me to do. So he did this. He laid down his life for you and I. And that's what we're celebrating, the fact that God created this earth. There is a God, he created this earth. He made a way for us to be reconciled with him. He sent Jesus, lived the perfect life, and then Jesus laid down his life. The Bible tells us that he was crucified on a cross. In Luke chapter 23, verse 33, it says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus died a gruesome death on the cross so that we could be forgiven. I can't imagine what the disciples were thinking then. I'm sure they were panicked. I'm sure that we look at this and we understand what the Bible says, but they were still trying to figure out, what did Jesus say? What did he mean? Are we in trouble? Will we get in trouble for what we believe? And so they were afraid and they went and hid themselves. They didn't understand what was going on. The Bible tells us that a couple of ladies actually went to his tomb. A couple days later, they went to his tomb and they were going to prepare his body. They, they rushed because of a Sabbath day. They had to rest on that day so they couldn't prepare his body. So they went and they thought, we'll prepare them now. And when they were going there, they see angels and they see the empty tomb and they still can't connect all the dots, but he's gone. And so they tell the disciples, the disciples, two of them, Peter and John, run to the tomb. They look in and, and they're perplexed. I mean, they're just like, what's going on here? I, I see this. And they're wondering, well, he had power on that side of the stone. Maybe he has power on both sides of the stone, but... They didn't realize it. They didn't understand what was going on and they still stayed there and just lived in just wonder. Jesus left all sorts of signs there that any good detective could have figured out. I mean, any good detective could have looked around and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just share a couple of those with you. I mean, the rich people that were there, Joseph and Nicodemus, were two guys that were taking care of Jesus when he died. When Jesus died, Joseph of Arimathea said, I would like his body and I'm gonna put it in the tomb. 
okay? So he does that, and the Bible tells us they had some spices there. In John 19, verse 39, it says he, it's speaking of Joseph, was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. So the tomb is there. There's 75 pounds of expensive fragrance, and they're left behind. Think about it. Jesus is leaving clues like, I don't need the spices. I don't need like getaway money. I don't need a, a bug out bag. I, I, I left it. I don't need it. I'm risen. And so they're looking, the spices. If somebody robbed the tomb, they would have taken the spices. So God's leaving signs for him. Then the Bible tells us that his grave clothes were laid there perfectly. In John chapter 20, verses six and seven, it says this about Peter and John when they were there. It says, then Simon Peter came along behind him, John, and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Like, it was perfectly lit. Like, the spices are still there. The linen is there. The cloth is perfectly there. Perfect signs for them to understand. Don't you understand? Something supernatural has happened. I mean, I think it couldn't have been a scam or anything else. I mean, I can't even fold laundry right, you know? And how does Jesus, somebody sneak him out and lay it just perfect down there? I mean, this was supernatural. He's leaving signs. Of course, he has the angels leaving behind like, he's gone, he's gone. He, all these signs right there, the door's left open. The, the grave is empty. All these things going on. And then he appears to them. Finally, he appears to them, his disciples, and he shows them that he is alive and they are overwhelmed. And most of the disciples saw him, except we know that one didn't see him. His name is Thomas, and we call him Doubting Thomas, which we shouldn't because the man went on and really preached the name of Jesus. But once Thomas saw him as well, he proclaimed, my Lord and my God. And, and from there, Thomas actually took the message all the way to India. All the disciples were like, we're gonna spread this message everywhere. And just the other day, I was in India and I was in Chennai. I was in the city and Connor, our oldest son, he and I were there and I, I, we have a picture. Of, we were there at the church where Thomas was all the way in India. Why? Because he realized all the signs that Jesus left behind, all the things that he told him, it was true. He had seen a risen Savior. He gave his life, and so did the other disciples, saying, we're going to bring this message to the world. Jesus told them, start right here. Grow to the region. Keep going. Keep going. And tell everyone this great message that there is a God. He created this earth, that he loves us so much that he made a way. He sent his son his son died on the cross, rose again from the dead so that we could be forgiven, spread the good news to the entire world. And they've been doing that and so have others for just decades now. We've been telling, like, tell and tell and tell. And the church has grown to over billions of people around the world. And this message just keeps going out. And the message is that Jesus Christ paid the price so that we could be forgiven. It's not that we work for it. The Bible says it's by grace for it is by grace you've been saved throughout, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. See, it's not works. We don't do it. It's because of the price that Jesus Christ paid. And even though we have this, even though we've heard this story, people still think it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. I, I, I've got to, I think if I do good works, God will love me and that will get me in. 
Jesus Christ paid the price. It's not about your good works. Once you know him, you want to go do work for God, but your good works don't get you in. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, again, I'm quoting from the Bible because God has given us this book. He's given us this book and inspired this book so we can know who he is. We can have peace with him, know how to live until our life is over. And it says this, but we know that God accepts only those who have faith in Jesus Christ. No one can please God by simply obeying the law. So we put our faith in Christ Jesus and God accepted us because of our faith. So we have faith and we, have, we understand that it's grace. We don't work for it and we have this faith. Some people say, well, I'll live a good life. I'll live a good life and I'll try to outdo my neighbor. That's, what kind of God would that be if, if he judged us on a scale and the A's and the B's and the C's get in and the D's? No, it's grace for all. You're not trying to outwork somebody and be better than them. Some people say, well, I'll coexist in peace. I see that bumper sticker, coexist. And I'm, I'm grateful for people that want to live in peace, but I understand this. You could have peace with man and still not have peace with God. Jesus said, I've given you the way to have peace with God. Now, for over 2,000 years, people have been sharing this message and we've been proclaiming this good news. There is a God. He created this earth. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. Jesus died on that cross. He rose again from the dead and his promises are true. When Jesus finished talking to his disciples after he rose from the dead, he was talking to his disciples. He, he, he ascended into heaven. I've been to the Mount of Ascension right there in Jerusalem. It's just incredible to think this is the moment. This is the place where it happened. And he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And we call that place heaven. The Bible talks about that, that he's preparing a place for us. And he said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. I wouldn't tell you this if it weren't true. He's saying there's, there's room for everybody. The Bible tells whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And so he's like, I'm preparing a place for you. And so this weekend, we are celebrating that Jesus Christ loves us so much that he died for us. We are celebrating that he's a risen savior. All the clues point to us, seeing that it's true. All the disciples point and say, it's true. And it's been carried on for generation after generation after generation. And so we're celebrating right now and realizing this is an opportunity for people to say yes. I'm thinking about this. We could not have orchestrated this weekend that billions would be on lockdown. And, and I want us to understand, we're gonna pray for those victims of COVID. We want COVID-19 to stop. We, we, are, we are trying to see the good in something that is bad and the good that is in this bad, because make no mistake, this COVID needs to be stopped. We need to mitigate the spread of it and stop that. But right now, it's caused the world to lock down. It's called, caused the world to use digital to reach people that maybe never would go to church. We've invited people year after year, and I heard, hey, I watched you online. Maybe that's you right now, and you're saying, I'm watching online. I believe this, that right now, this lockdown, this moment, is taking away distractions, and it's allowing people to focus on Jesus as the risen Savior. It's allowing us to focus. If you will, it's a pause. It's a timeout. But like any timeout, whether it's a sporting event or in life, this timeout will end. We'll get back to work. We'll get back to school. We'll figure out how to mitigate this virus and we'll figure it out. And the timeout will be over. But right now in this timeout, I'm talking to people right now. 
Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you looked at the signs that are there? Have you listened to what the Holy Spirit is saying right now? Because the Holy Spirit is saying, will you say yes? Will you be included in this final prayer and say yes to Jesus and make this the day? Was this time out for you? This is that opportunity. I mean, I love that we're using this technology. I love that there's this time out, but there is coming a day, the time out is over, and today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. We're celebrating around the world. Today is the day to celebrate that Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. He's my risen Savior, and I'm praying he'll be your risen Savior as well. The Bible says this, today is the day of salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, in the scriptures, God says, when the time came, I listened to you, and when you needed help, I came to save you. That time has come. This is the day for you to be saved. And as I close this message out, we get ready for more worship and to celebrate all that God means to us and to celebrate our risen Savior. I'm asking, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you realize that God has created this earth, that he loves you, that he sent his son for you, he died for you, he rose again from the dead, he left signs, his disciples brought the message, and now today, we continue this message to you. Today is your day of salvation. And if that's you, you're saying, Pastor Rob, I get it. I want in. I, 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 I realize this. God's coming to me in my home. Whether you're wearing your Sunday best or not, you might be in your sweat clothes. You might be sitting there in your bathrobe. But today is your day of salvation. And if that's you and you're saying today, I wanna give my life to Jesus Christ, I'm gonna ask you to pray after me. And in just a moment, I'll ask you to either you know, tell somebody in your family, I'll ask you to click on there, respond online, say, I made the decision, do whatever it is, but this is your moment. This is your opportunity. Jesus, eternity is hanging in the balance. This is your time out. This is your time out. Let's call the play. And the play is say yes to Jesus. If that's you and you say, today's my day, would you repeat after me this simple prayer? And the Bible says, if you confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart, you will be saved. Dear Lord Jesus, repeat that. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I confess them to you. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And I receive the grace you give me. I receive this forgiveness. And right now today, I pledge to live for you for the rest of my life. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you've been forgiven. The Bible says it's very real. The Bible says it's very true. It does not matter that it came in the timeout time of COVID-19. That was a gift from God for you. And we wanna pray for those other people, but that was a gift of God for you to say yes to Jesus. This is your opportunity and we rejoice in that. We celebrate in that. Mom, dad, kids, grandma, grandpa, the worst sinner, the most asymptomatic person, it doesn't matter. We celebrate with you. And if you said yes to Jesus, I want you to do this right now. I want you to text now what to 94,000. Text now what to 94,000. And then tell someone before you go to bed tonight, tell someone, I said yes to Jesus. I said yes. This Easter, Jesus Christ became my risen Savior. He changed my life. And now you get to live for eternity. We celebrate with you. 
At church, we'd clap like crazy. I'm sure people in their home are clapping and we celebrate and rejoice. All of heaven is rejoicing for you saying yes to Jesus. Now let's continue to worship and celebrate with some more praise and worship. But if you made that decision again, text now what to 94,000. We celebrate your new life in Jesus Christ.